The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the Radio Lex app on your smartphone device to listen to us anywhere in the entire world. You can also stream the show live on the web at radiolex.us. Amber Turner and I are both broadcasting from the Deborah Hensley Studios here at Radio Lakes on North Limestone. It is October the 13th, 2022, slap dab the middle of October. And Amber, we've talked about on this show before, we've talked about old age. Yeah. And we've talked about the oldest living people in the world. And we, did. And we made a whole list and, and I read off a list of the some of the oldest people living in the world. And it seems like since I've read that <laughs> list, people have just been falling like flies. Everybody on that list. We unfortunately lost another iconic legend. Miss Angela Lansbury dies at the age of 96. If you don't know who Angela Lansbury is, you must have never had on the television or never watched classic movies in your life because Angela Lansbury was an icon all in itself. She was the star of the hit TV show Murder, She Wrote. Did you know, Amber? That that show lasted for 12 seasons. It recorded 264 episodes. Wow. Plus four TV movies. Oh, my goodness. So that show lasted a long time. Back in that era, it was very odd for a show to last longer than four, five, six years. Yeah. Murder, She Wrote lasted for so long. Did you ever watch Murder, She Wrote? I think anybody that had a grandmother watched Murder, She Wrote if you grew up in the 90s or 80s. So, and, and she was just this woman who was an author in the show, uh-huh. and she wrote scary movies, murder... Like murder mysteries, Mysteries. Yeah. And it just so happened that she always wound up in an actual murder case <laughs> <laughs> every episode. <laughs> And she cracked the case. She did. Now, do you have a favorite Murder, She Wrote episode? Oh, my goodness. No. I, I, I think it's one of those shows where, where you just kind of see it on in the background. Yeah. And it's kind of like a Nancy Drew. Ah, uh, yes. Or like a female Madlock. Or I guess uh, maybe even like an early Law and Order, but she don't work for the law. She was nominated for three Oscars, and she won one. It was an honorary Oscar. Oscar. She also was nominated for 15 Primetime Emmys, had eight Golden Globe nominations, wow. and four wins. You know, and she's, yes, most people know her from, most people know her from Murder, She Wrote. Mm-hmm. But you might remember her as Mrs. Potts from <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that's fine with me. While the cops do this, I'll shoot it all. They're bubbling 
love Beauty and the Beast and that song. <laughs> that song brings back so many memories. Did you know that she did not want to originally do the voice of Mrs. Potts because she thought her voice was too old. No. And she was perfect. She was. She was Mrs. Potts. I couldn't imagine anybody else voicing that. I think if you want to pick the most memorable voice from Beauty and the Beast, it's Mrs. Potts. I agree. because she was not only the voice of Mrs. Potts, but she sang two of the most iconic songs from Beauty and the Beast. She sang Be Our Guest, and she also sang the song that many people still hear all the time, the Beauty and the Beast song. This is Miss Angela Lansbury, ladies and gentlemen, as Mrs. Potts. Bends unexpectedly. Just a little child. So she did not just voice two songs from a Disney movie. She recorded two of the most iconic Disney songs ever created. Uh, yes. Beauty and the Beast. Ever just the same. She did pass away peacefully in her home at the age of 96. God bless Angela Lansbury and her family and give them peace during this time. But Amber, Angela Lansbury, yes, she did make a name for herself in television, in movies, in Hollywood. But she also made a name for herself as a voice actor. Mm -hmm. And it made me start thinking, Amber, of the other famous celebrities out there that were known for something else like mm-hmm. movies and television but they ended up becoming a animated voice actor. Oh, yes. And I have a list here of some of the best celebrity voice actor performances ever made. Okay. So, now to be on this list, I'm not going to put people like Seth MacFarlane or Mel Blank on this list, even though that they're two iconic animated voices. Yes. To make the list, you have to be a celebrity known for acting in movies and TV, Mm -hmm. and then you come over to an animated role and voice an animated role. Okay. So my list here is some of the best celebrity voice actor performances ever done. And we'll start with Angela Lansbury with Mrs. Potts. Wouldn't you agree that being an iconic, iconic performance from her? Yes, absolutely. There is Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin. Yes! There is Tom Hanks as Woody in Toy Story. Uh Uh-huh. There is Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story. I would have never put those two together, but they work beautifully together as a pair. As a pair. Yes. Yes. Couldn't imagine anybody else. Well, what fascinates me about Tim Allen is that he has enthralled himself into several different franchises. Mm -hmm. He's got the Toy Story franchise. He's got the the Santa Claus franchise. He's got the Home Improvement franchise, the last man standing franchise. He's got he's enthralled himself with all of these movies uh-huh. to where he'll be around forever and ever and ever. And they're in all different genres. So you've got stuff for the kids, you've got stuff for the teenagers, you've got stuff for the adults. Amazing. There was Mike Myers as Shrek. There we go. Mike Myers is another guy who 
pulled out all kinds of franchises in his career. Austin Powers. Yes. Uh, Wayne's, Wayne's World. World. And now Shrek. Uh-huh. How big of a franchise is Shrek? Oh, my goodness. There is Gilbert Goffrey. He was also in Aladdin. He did the bird. Igu. Oh. Was that his name? Igu? I think so. Igu was his name? Igu. Casey Kasem, known for radio. Uh-huh was the voice of Shaggy in Scooby-Doo. I love that. Yes. Of course, we're not going to uh, mention people like uh, Tom Kenny with SpongeBob. We're not going to mention Seth MacFarlane, like I said, Mel Blank. What about, though, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who was an actor in Man of the House, Home Improvement, went on to do Sinbad. Not not Sinbad, Simba. Yes. In The Lion King. In The Lion King. There is Mila Kunis, uh-huh. who is a beautiful actress, yes. who also became famous as the voice of Meg Griffin in Family Guy. Yes. So there are a ton of actors out there that have crossed over and done animated performances. Is there one you think that's worthy enough that should be on this list that I did not put? Now, there are several. Ellen DeGeneres did Dory. Uh, I think Will Smith played that role as Oscar in that Fish movie. So there have been people that have voiced animated characters, but I feel like that the list that I had was the most iconic. No, I'll agree with you on that one. So... Or I guess you could always add in, was it Eddie Murphy that played the donkey? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good throw in. Yeah, you could throw, we could 100% throw Eddie Murphy in as the donkey. He was very rememberable and recognizable from that. And then, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm blanking on this dude's name, but he was the... the llama in the Emperor's New Groove, uh, David. He come from Saturday oh, Night Live. Oh, David Spade. Spade. There yes, we go. From Just Shoot Me. At, that's another good one. Toy Story had a bunch, not just Tim Allen and 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 uh, Tom Hanks, but there was um, the guy who played the ham, the pig. Yeah, uh, he was on Cheers. I can't think of his name. Uh. And uh, the guy who did the Slink Dog yes. was Ernest yes. from Ernest Scared Stupid. Yes. Which is, what's his real name? Uh, Vern Troyer. There you go. Vern Troyer. No. That's, <laughs> that's mini me. <laughs> he's, from, he's from Lexington. Oh, my gosh. I it's cannot one, believe. It's one, it's one of your favorite people. I know. I cannot believe I just blinked on his name. But there are a ton of celebrities out there that have crossed over, done animated voices, and I feel like that those folks are the ones that just that touch our heart and the ones that we remember. It's Jim Varney, by the way, Lexington native also. Yes, Jim Varney. Yes. He's dead, though. He did. He passed away. Yes. I would love to be able to talk to him. I think, he, I know this is going to be morbid, but it is Halloween time. Uh, I think his grave is actually here in the Lexington Cemetery. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. He's buried here. Good time to go visit it. No way. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a quick break. Stick with us. We have a good show ahead of us. We'll be right back. Anyway, you say you want it, I can serve it up. Call it what you want it, because I know I got the touch. Once I let you have it, you won't never get enough. Never get enough? No, you never get enough. I'm a revolutionary and I can't quit. Ain't no way to stop it when the fire gets lit. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Amber, I was watching TV last night. 
surprise, surprise, <laughs> big part of my live television. You could probably tell based off some of the topics that we talk about here on this show. Oh, yeah. Big TV fan. And when you watch cable, you're always forced to watch the commercials. Mm-hmm. Now, we know commercials aren't as popular as they once were, but they're still around. And I was watching the progressive commercial with, oh, with Flo. Yeah. With Flo. Amber, I was thinking when I seen Flo, Flo might be more recognizable and more famous than a lot of actors who have been in several different films. Oh, I agree. Because you got to think, commercial actors, commercial actors, mm-hmm. they don't have these Oscar-winning performances, award-winning performances, but they are well-known because of how many times a commercial can be played. Oh, yeah. Or how many times a company can use this person as uh, their brand mascot. Exactly. That's it. And Flo... Can you think of a more popular brand mascot, a more popular spokeswoman, more popular TV commercial actor than than Flo the Progressive Girl? Honestly, she's got more years than anybody else, and I think she's probably the most recognizable. It says here that she has been the Progressive Girl for over 10 years. Wow. And that she's become a huge part of pop culture. She has her own popular Halloween costume. (laughs) She's played by Stephanie Courtney. She's an actress from New York with a background in theater, improv, and stand-up comedy. She gets paid a report $1 million per year to play flow. Wow. The commercial character's intense enthusiasm for customer service has turned her into an advertising icon. So it made me start thinking, Amber, of some of the most popular TV commercial actors of all time. Yeah. And Flo is definitely one of them. Stephanie Courtney. Okay. You might not know the name, but you've seen her face and you know you know who she is. But Amber, there's more people out there than just Stephanie Courtney, who is a famous TV actor. There is John Gilchrist Jr. Mm-hmm. as Mikey for the Life Serial. Oh, Mikey likes it. Now, this is two weeks in a row we've talked about this. Little Mikey from the Life Serial commercials at one point in time in the 70s and the 80s was the most popular TV commercial actor on television. He was the young kid from the Life Serial commercials that hated everything except Life Serial. Take a listen. Look at this stuff. Some cereal. It's supposed to be good for you. Did you try it? I'm not going to try it. You try it. I'm not going to try it. Let's get Mikey. Yeah. He won't need it. He hates everything. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. When you bring life home, <laughs> don't tell the kids. And it was just a little boy who would sit there and, and eat cereal. Uh-huh. And he was in over, like, 15 live commercials. Oh my goodness. At the time, yes. And people must have really liked the ads because they ran from 1972 to 1986. And the 14 year old Mikey uh, is, is how he was 14 by the time it all ended. Yeah. And he has left the world of acting since, and he now works as a media salesman for the New York Knicks. Hey, well, what better job to have than the boy that could sell cereal to everybody? And at one point in time, though, John Gilchrist Jr., Mikey, was one of the most popular TV commercial actors of all time. What about Vanessa Branch as the 
Orbit Gum Girl. There we go. She was the beauty queen. Literally, she was a beauty queen. I think she was like Miss Mississippi or something like that. Oh. Yeah, well, she was actually Miss Vermont in 1994. Oh. She was the girl from the commercials that had the blonde hair. Uh-huh. And the commercials was always people getting really, really dirty. Uh-huh. But they would stick in a piece of gum in their uh-huh. mouth, and their mouth was pearly white. Squeaky clean. Everything on them was, was dirty except their mouth. And she would say, perfect. Yep. And. And she would hold up the Orbit gum, and and there you go. But she starred. She's also been in other things as well. She starred as Giselle in all three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Okay. So I don't know. I'm sure a lot of celebrities started off main actors. Big actors have started off in commercials. Yeah. Maybe that's what she was trying to do. Well, but it worked she, out for her. it. Did yeah. Because if it don't work out for her in movies she's already made her mark in advertising oh absolutely because she is one of the most iconic tv commercial actors of all time another iconic tv commercial actor amber is hallie eisenberg as the pepsi girl oh do you remember the pepsi girl commercials yes from the 90s so it was a uh, her name was Hallie Eisenberg. Uh-huh. You might recognize that name. Yes. Because she is the little sister uh-huh. of actor Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. From the social network Zombieland. They look just alike. Yes, they do. Let's take a listen at one of the commercials from the Pepsi Girl back from the 90s. This is 1999. How you doing, Sarge? Okay, folks, what'll it be? What would you like, sweetheart? A Pepsi, please. Well, I remember, she'd always <laughs> ask for a Pepsi and they never had them. Yep. So when they never had them, she always went off. Yep. And in this particular commercial, her inner Joe Pesci comes out. Sorry, we only have Coke. Now you've done it. You're sorry? Not half as sorry as you're gonna be. I ordered a Pepsi, pal. She's got a mind of her own. What's with this guy? Look, I just thought... You thought? What you really thought was that I don't know the difference between Pepsi and a Coke, right? Here's your Pepsi. Thank you. And the whole time, and the whole time, her mouth was moving. It was Joe Pesci's words. Now, doesn't she have one where she's like playing the piano and she's having a whole and she's dancing? Yes, she's got tons and yes. tons and tons of commercials. There was a worldwide search for the Pepsi Girl, mm-hmm. and she is the one that won. And I wonder, did she make it before her brother did? Ooh, that that would be a good one though. But. It was hard to miss her during that time. It says these ads were one part of a major branding effort by Pepsi, competing with Coca-Cola. They tried it all from Super Bowl commercials starring supermodels to product placements in movies like Home Alone and Wayne's World. However, it wasn't until the Hallie Eisenberg campaigns that were the most memorable for Pepsi. So they consider Hallie Eisenberg the most memorable TV actor from the Pepsi commercials. Hey, I remember her pretty well. And think about how many celebrities Pepsi always tried to get to sell their product. Britney Spears. Uh, we had Britney Spears and Pink and what was it Beyonce maybe at one point in time all did like a commercial together where they were gladiators. Yes. Fighting for Pepsi. Yes. Jeff Gordon. Oh goodness. A, t- a ton of people. Uh, What about Jonathan Goldsmith? He is the most interesting man in the world for 
Dos Equis. Dos Equis, yes, yes, I love him. Now, imagine the pressure to play the most interesting man in the world on TV, <laughs> because when people meet you, they're going to be very underwhelmed if you're not interesting. Exactly. <laughs> Talk it, about pressure. It says here that the most interesting man in the world campaigns helped increase sales for Dos Equis by 22%. Wow. Not to mention, the Dos Equis guy has become one of the most popular names of all time, and it's safe to say that this is one of the most interesting commercial characters in the world. I agree. So you might not be one of the most interesting men, but you are one of the most interesting TV <laughs> commercial actors that ever existed. There is Jake Stone as Jake from State Farm. State Farm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which sounds she sounds hideous. <laughs> well, she's a guy, so So what are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? Khakis. Khakis. His famous khakis are autographed and hanging on the wall at a pub in Bloomington, Illinois. Oh. Meanwhile, a new Jake actor named Kevin Mims is now playing Jake in the commercials. State Farm wanted to continue using Jake as their mascot, but felt like a real actor would better rise to the challenge. Oh. Now, Amber, on the show before, we've talked about brand mascots. Mm-hmm. Tony the Tiger, Mr. Clean. But did you know that Mr. Clean... Did you know that Mr. Clean used to, back in the day, was a real person? Oh. Here is a a sample of an old Mr. Clean commercial. Take a listen. Excuse me, lady, but floor cleaning doesn't have to be that tough. Listen, mister, I know a little more about floor cleaning than you do. Now, would you be moving your big foot so I can get home sometime tonight? You, Mr. Clean, can get your work done faster. Faster? Much faster. Of all leading cleaners, Mr. Clean is now the most powerful ever put into a bottle. Mr. Clean's unbreakable plastic bottle. Mr. The way you talk about new Mr. Clean, you should be on TV. You know, I think I have seen him on TV. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. It says here that his name was House Peters Jr. He was Mr. Clean and... Before Mr. Clean became an animated commercial character, he was the real guy. Looked just like the animated character. Wow. Bald head, had an earring, and look, that's where they got the animation from, was this actor. Wait, has that got a picture of him over there? If you can, I'm not messing with it because I don't want my wires to pull out, but feel free to look over here and look at him. Looks just like the the animation cartoon. Well, I'm just I'm glad to see that he dropped the suit. Is that a three piece suit he's wearing? <laughs> and went to the tight t shirt. Yeah, just a white tee and white pants. Well, he was perfect for the row. He had a deep voice, booming voice, wore a fitted suit, and had a hoop earring dangling from his ear. <laughs> He also had the shiny bald head that we've come to associate with the Mr. Clean mm-hmm. uh, little cartoon. So I love that he had a bald head because bald, I guess, symbolizes clean. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. <laughs> what about Daryl Winfield as the Marlboro Man? You might not remember him because it's been a long time since cigarettes have wound up in advertisements. But Daryl Winfield used to be the Marlboro Man, the yeah. actual Marlboro Man. I used to have a roommate in school, in yeah. college. I used to tease him and say he looked like the Marlboro <laughs> Man, and he did. Didn't he wear tight pants and boots everywhere, though? And a, and a belt, yeah. like a Wrangler belt, yes. But Daryl Winfield, Google him, he's worth he's worth a lookup, and he was the Marlboro Man. There was nobody cooler than him in the 50s. He was discovered on a cattle ranch by an ad agency, and with his masculine nature and rugged good looks, the Marlboro Man was an instant star 
who appealed to both men and women. He ended up on billboards and in print ads all over the next decade. I know smoking is harmful to your health, but how cool were cigarette commercials? Oh, my goodness. They were. They And they catered, and I don't know why they did this, but they catered almost to younger kids because, remember, they even used to run promotions and stuff. You could send in and get little treats that they'd send you back, like hoodies and jackets and that stuff. All kinds of stuff. Yes. Do you know anybody who still has those jackets or hoodies? I mean, <laughs> if I did know, I wouldn't embarrass them like that and say they had it. <laughs> But he is worth a look up. Daryl Winsfield, he does look as cool as what you're thinking. But his only acting credit was as the Marlboro Man. You may also have caught the short-lived TV series about the commercial character. He had a short run in 1968. So I guess they did a little short about the Marlboro yeah. Man. But well, he was, just, was he just working a cattle farm? Working a cattle farm. Could you imagine somebody rolling up, hey, I know you're working with the cattle, but... Care if we take a few pictures of you? <laughs> right, 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 right. What about Charles Stone the Third? Mm-hmm. You will know him as the famous guy who yelled, "What's up?" Oh goodness! During the famous Budweiser commercials. Hello. Hey, who? What's up? None, B. Just watching the game, having a bud. What's up with you? Nothing. Watching game, having a butt. True. True. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Yo, who's that? Yo! Yo, pick up the phone! Hello? What's up? What's up? Yeah. Yo, where's Duke? This is so Yo, stupid, by the way. <laughs> but everybody loved it. Oh my gosh, didn't they Yo. remake it what's in Scary Movie? They did. Hilarious. This was a Super Bowl commercial, by the way. Oh, goodness. Hold on. Hello? So, what's up, B? <laughs> Watching the game, having a bud. And there you go. Well, the What's Up guy was an actor. It all started uh, with this guy, Charles Stone III. And one word just sums up his entire career, What's Up? (laughs) And it went on to define a generation in the early 2000s. Like you said, it was redone in Scary Movie as a spoof. It was a Super Bowl ad commercial. That's when it first appeared. And, you know, if you're seen and played on the Super Bowl, everybody sees it. Yep. It was, uh, it says he is also, Charles Stone III is also the writer and director of the ad. Oh. And was friends in real life with the rest of the guys in the commercial that said, oh, what's up? Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's, That's kind of cool. I'm glad he took his buddies with him. That makes it cooler. It does make it a lot cooler. And then finally, uh, we got to put uh, the Pine Saw Lady. you got to remember her, her name. I'll, I'll get her so my neighbor comes in and says, "Your kitchen." Get her commercial pulled up here. <laughs> but what air freshener do you the use? pine saw lady, pine saw, Diane Amos, not yes. air was the pine saw lady. 
She was just always the caddy, just fiery, jazzy, pine salt lady. Yeah. And freshens the air with three long-lasting scents. Pine, lemon fresh, and rain clean. It's gotten to the point, it says here, where Diane Amos can't walk into the grocery store without getting recognized as the pine saw lady. Uh, the commercial character first appeared in 1993 and has been a popular part of the pine saw brand ever since. Wow. Yes. Uh, they chose Amos because she seemed like an everyday person who would actually use the cleaner. Okay. Their choice paid off as Amos starred in the commercials for over 20 years. Wow. Yes. 20 years selling pine saw. Yes. So the pine saw ladies. <laughs> uh, I don't have a clip here, but what about the guy who was from the Sprint Verizon commercials? Can you hear me now? Oh, goodness. Good. His name was Paul Marcarley. Uh-huh. Can you think of any famous TV commercial actors that I left off the list? Well, it's funny that you asked because this is going to be a combination of our two topics today. Voiceover actors and television commercial actors. Yes. That's going to be Gilbert Godfrey as the Aflac Duck. Gilbert Godfrey as the Aflac Duck for sure would definitely be a great... He would be a... I don't know if I would put him in this category because... Yeah. Where he's already known as Gilbert Goffrey. Yeah. But, but he would duck. fall he would fall under a great voice actor. Uh-huh. And that duck is a great mascot. That duck. And we've talked about brand mascots before, and that duck is definitely on there. But you probably didn't know the names of these actors and these commercials until now. But their role in advertising and pop culture shouldn't be undervalued. These commercial actors and actresses on this list, they breathe life into their characters and in some cases have enough power to increase sales at a company. And that says a lot. Yes, it does. So if you can't make it in the movie biz, maybe try the commercial biz. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We still got lots more off the cuff coming at you live after these words. We'll be right back. everybody to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio. Kentucky football is now 4-2 for their overall record. They played their last game versus South Carolina. Not a fun game to watch. Will Levis did not play. He had a foot injury. A lot of people thought Will Levis would be out due to a finger, me included, because his finger was dangling like a piece of meat. But it was his foot. Now, we don't know if he's going to return this Saturday. He's still day-to-day, so we'll see. But Levis did not play. The Wildcats went on to get beat 24-14. to This defeat comes a week after Kentucky cost themselves a road victory at Ole Miss. So just a couple takeaways from this game. Number one, you cannot blame the second-string quarterback, Kaya Sharon. In his first full game, Sharon threw two touchdown passes 
Two touchdown passes, to me, that's pretty good. Two touchdown passes is something not to look over. It would be different if he didn't do anything in the game. So I think for somebody who never played uh, as quarterback, as a starter for an SEC team and against an SEC opponent, and for his first time going out there following one of possibly the greatest quarterbacks to ever play at UK, to fill his shoes was a lot of pressure. So did he go in and perform the way we wanted him to? No. Did he perform like Will Levis does? Of course not. But you cannot blame the game on Kaya Sherrington. Or Sharon. You can't. Who you do blame the game on is Coach Mark Stoops. It is ridiculous that his quarterback goes down and Mark Stoops cannot find another way to win the game. He doesn't know how to find a way to win when he's faced with adversity. When his star quarterback goes down, it's over. A great coach would know how to adjust. If Nick Saban, the coach of Alabama, was coaching in that game, we would have won that game because Nick Saban would have known what to do, how to adjust, how to position his players in order to, to win. So we now know that it's Will Levis or bust with Mark Stoops in this team. He can't do it without him. And it makes you wonder, can he do anything without Levis? Is this all been a flop? Will he be able to do anything without Levis next year? Now, the kicking team still continues to struggle. It picked right up where they left off last week with a punt blocked and field goal missed in the first quarter. Matt Ruffalo and company will need to start converting on field goals or Kentucky may have to start going for it on fourth down. And that is never good when they are forced to do that. But UK, they have a lot to work on. They know that they have a lot of things that they need to adjust if Will Levis goes out. So I think that with the right coach, we would be able to do that. So it's only a matter of time until we get him out the door, get somebody in that knows what they're doing to coach this team. So when a star quarterback does go down, hey, we're not completely up the river without a paddle. UK does play Mississippi State this Saturday at 7.30 at Kroger Field. It's on the SCC Network. Mississippi State is 5-1. Kentucky is 4-2. If we have Will Levis, we'll win. If we don't have Will Levis, we'll lose. Because Stoops has proven that he cannot coach and adjust without his star quarterback. And I get it, folks. Losing your quarterback is a huge thing to happen and it completely changes your team but a great coach who everybody is saying that we need to build a statue for needs to know how to adjust during situations like that but hey what do i know i'm just a hillbilly from the head of a holler but ladies and gentlemen we are going to take off the cuffs song of the week break it's a banger wrote on them windows a beautiful day with Moneybag Yo below. We'll be back after the song. Okay, let's blow a bag, it's my birthday. Okay, blow a lot of money on ops. I'm trying to put them in the front row. I'm trying to smoke. Talk about money all the time. I can't change the combo. Jamie Lee Curtis is set to star 
as Laurie Strode for the final time in the upcoming movie Halloween Ends, which comes out tonight. It is the last Halloween movie that they are making. If it's not the last Halloween movie that they make, it will be the last Halloween movie they make with Laurie Strode. She is ending her character uh, from this franchise. She has played Laurie Strode seven times in this Halloween franchise. She played Laurie Strode in Halloween 1, Halloween 2, Halloween H2O, Halloween Resurrection, and then these last three Halloween uh, movies. Uh A total of seven. I can't think of another final girl who has played in seven horror movies and been the star of every one of them. No, I can't either. Now, Courtney Cox is (laughs) on her coattails. I'm telling you, Courtney Cox is set to star in her sixth Scream movie. Well, but are we going to count? Are we going to count her as the main star? No, I, I don't think you can. No, uh, but but Jamie Lee Curtis, she is set to star again as Laurie Strode. So we haven't watched it yet. No, nope. plan on watching it no this spoilers. weekend. No spoilers. But do you think Laurie Strode will make it out alive in this movie? I honestly do not. So you think that she dies? Michael dies, or they both die? I would say, if I was a betting woman, which I ain't, I would say probably just her. Because, I mean, you can't you can't kill evil. I think that's the whole purpose of the movie, is you can't kill evil. If Loomis shot him in the eyeballs, and he still didn't go down, absolutely not. That's why it's a prediction. So, okay, that's your prediction. My prediction is that they both die. Yeah. It's Halloween ends. Yeah. A great way to end it is to have the two iconic stars die. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, as Laurie Strode dies, uh, Dr. Loomis he, he passes from, or not Dr. Loomis, but Michael Myers. But isn't that kind of what everybody wants, though? Because we thought that, you know, at the end of 2, we thought he was dead. And then at the end of H2O, we thought he's dead. Yeah. And he always comes back. He always comes back. So even if they do kill him yeah. in tonight's movie, if they do kill Michael Myers and they bring him back and you're like, well, how'd they bring him back? He's dead. It will be some excuse, like it wasn't really Michael she killed, <laughs> or... Well, Dr. Loomis told us, true evil never dies. Yes. So, so it will be It will be a, a great movie. You haven't seen this one yet, so you obviously can't answer this in its entirety. Yeah. So I can ask you this next week after you've seen it. But so far, what's been your favorite Halloween movie? Um, You know I'm going to go with Halloween 4. I know it is not part of this series. And guys, it <laughs> gives me enough. And folks, it don't even have... The one she likes doesn't even have Laurie Strode. No, but it does have Daniel Harris, who was there on the Halloween Ends red red carpet. She right. was there. Scout Taylor Compton was there. So I think that was the one thing that I have looked at of the whole movie, and I loved that so much to see that those two girls uh, came and joined. But no, Halloween 4 is the best. I'll go down on that one. H2O is going to be my favorite. Yeah, I, I just love how Laurie Strode is in that entire movie. I hate the fact that it's not a continuation from that storyline. Yeah. But... Uh, I think we both can agree, though, that Halloween 2 is pretty good. Halloween 2 is fantastic. Yes. Dare I say, Halloween 2 may be better than the original. Well, dare I agree with you? Because I'm going to. <laughs> hey, and it's how often do you get a sequel that exceeds the original? And not often. Halloween 2 is good. Now, Marvelous, before you listen to this and, and, and try to <laughs> argue with me that Halloween, <laughs> Halloween 1 is better, I'm just going to remember you said that the opening of Scream 1 
uh, was was the worst opening of all the screams. I bet Marv's favorite is <laughs> Halloween three. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. But Halloween, it does come out tonight. Also, before we take a break, I just want to let everybody know that the baseball playoffs have started and we are nearing and winding down the baseball playoffs. Yeah. So there we go. But ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a quick break. We still got one more segment to go. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Last segment of the hour. Been over here making adjustments with my pencil. It's funny, I've not written with a pencil in a long, long time. I'm usually writing with pens. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to pencils? Are pencils even around still? Uh, yes, that's all I can use. You use a pencil still? I can't spell to save my life. If I didn't have a pencil, I wouldn't be able to write. But Amber, don't you think, though, somewhere down the line, the world transitioned in using more pens than they do pencils? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It says here that Hyman L. Lippmann patented the first pencil in today's world with an attached racer 150 years ago. Oh, thank you. He certainly didn't anticipate it having... Uh, he, d- he certainly didn't anticipate it's having to compete one day with Blackberries and online crossword puzzles, mm-hmm. personal computers, typewriters, ballpoint pens. <laughs> but everything that I just said did come out and put a hurting on the writing utensil we call a pencil because you don't really see people writing with pencils anymore. When when I grab a writing utensil and it's and it's between a pen or a pencil, I'm grabbing a pen. It seems more official. It seems more certifiable than than an eraser. Something about having an eraser when you can erase what you've written just doesn't make it as official to yeah. me. But I do like pencils. Well, yeah. You can erase with pencils. Uh-huh. You can chew on a pencil. Well, I don't do that. You, you can't chew on a pen. <laughs> yeah, well, my pen over here would disagree with you. Ink doesn't explode out of a pencil yeah. like it does like it does an ink pen. When I was in high school mm-hmm. one time, I had this ink pen that wouldn't release any ink. Yeah. So I was shaking the pen, yeah. and I started shaking the pen, and the guy in front of me uh-huh. sitting out on an all-white shirt... <laughs> And keep in mind, in high school, I was 5'1", 100 pounds soaking wet. So it would not be a thing for somebody just to push me against the lockers and kill me. Well. But I got ink all over this guy's shirt. Yeah. And he, as he, the thing is, is he didn't know it. Yeah. He, he said he felt something wet, and I told him, I'm sorry, I sneezed. So I pretended like I sneezed. And it got on his shirt, but it was really ink. And by the time class was over, I got out of there. Yeah. And by the time he probably found out it was ink, you was long gone. I, I was, I was, yeah. I was long gone. But Amber, pencils—they're still used in in professions. Yeah. Uh, they're used in drafting, uh-huh. architecture, news reporting. So I don't think a, a journalist is going to pick up a pen. I think they would use a pencil. No, I think it's just dependent upon what you're doing. Yes. It says here that teachers tried to get them outlawed 
pencils? Yeah, they, they said it taught kids to be careless, and they don't got to get it right the first time. Well, they're kids. They're learning. They ain't supposed to get it right the first time. That's what I thought. I'm so... I, that's the second time I have heard that today about children being chastised for not doing things the right way the first time in grade school. Baby, it's elementary school because you teach them. <laughs> we I'm got confused. It. Yeah, we can't expect these kids to, to not... Their children. Yes. <laughs> and if you don't take away pencils, if anything, bring back cursive writing. Exactly. That's a foreign language now. It is. But I, I do miss I do miss pencils. Amber, before we go, I just want to make mention, I saw this run across uh, right before we went on the air. Chris Woo... Chris Woolord is the UK Associate Athletic Director. He was arrested for a DUI. Uh, the cops found him resting his car, resting uh, next to a fence uh, with the car still in gear. Yeah. When they approached the vehicle, they said Chris Woolord had vomit all over him and he reeked of alcohol. That probably wasn't a good he look. He took a... A sobriety test. Mm-hmm. He filled it with flying colors. I'm surprised they even gave him one. And his mugshot is on the ABC 36 website. Yeah. I saw that. But the thing about this gentleman is not only was the associate was he the associate athletic director for, for Kentucky, but he was also the executive director of the John Calipari Foundation. Yes. So a foundation that's supposed to be butterflies and rainbows nah. have a good image. You're E.D. just got a D.U.I. Mm-hmm. Not, With vomit all over him. Not something to be proud of. Now, you got to wonder how the university is going to handle it. Mm-hmm. Now, when a player got a D.U.I., they suspended the player for four games. Yeah, but that's a student. It's a student. It's a student. And exactly right. And this is an employee, mm-hmm. not a student, not no. an athlete. He is an employee, and he's also supposed to be held to a higher standard. He's a higher-ranking employee. And plus, as an employee getting a paycheck, they have the right to fire you exactly. over this. And if you're looking for a cause, hello, a DUI would be cause for it. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand. People make mistakes. I get it. It happens. And however they deal with this, I'm sure... They will deal with it the way they see fit and the way yeah. they see appropriate. But being a athletic director, an associate athletic director, uh, I'm sure you had something to do with the decision that was put on uh, the the player. Is it Chris Rodriguez? Rodriguez. Yes, thank you. I'm sure you had something to do with the decision when it came down to putting Chris Rodriguez on probation or not. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to be making those decisions, you can't be doing the same things that you're punishing these kids for. Well, and you have to look at it from this point of view. If you expect these players to come out here and give you their all, they need to lead by example. Lead by example, because now you're showing that there's carelessness that can run through the upper rankings. And it's a bad look. John Calipari will not put up with it. I know. Calipari, I mean, he might keep his job as the associate athletic director, but as far as him being the executive director of the John Calipari Foundation, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but it's you've screwed up too bad to mm-hmm. still be the face of it. Yes. Or, or over it, uh-huh. that is. But it, it will be interesting to see how that does turn out. Well, we'll see. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that about wraps up another episode of Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. If you like what you heard today, you'll probably like our previous episodes, so subscribe to us on podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can follow the show on social media at 
Off the cuff with Adam Banks, you can follow the co-host on social media at Ambu447. You can follow me, the host, on social media at The Adam Banks. We release new episodes every Thursday right here on WLXU 93.9 FM from 4 to 5, which means we will be back next week. Same time, same place. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Ember Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. We'll catch you down the road. Thanks for them